Authorities are left wondering about the motive in the Idaho College murders. I've said from the beginning it was about rejection. For one girl, they all died. But was the rejection of the past merely a symbol of action taken by the killer? Were they only online in his mind to the point he never interacted with anyone? There was a transition and a reaction and a pathway of the killer. Were the Idaho Four only a symbol to a damaged person? Next, I give you my reasons. You're listening to Drowning Verdict. Be sure to follow the podcast on your favorite listening platform. We don't want you to miss out on an important case or update. If you haven't already, pull the trigger and subscribe. Was there a rejection of the past that led to where we are in the present day? Some say that he was an incel, and I've said he might have been a copycat killer. Today I'm talking rejection of the past and the present to figure out the future of this case, something I call the Moscow Ripper. This is Chip Mahoney. I want to welcome you to Drowning Verdict. This is my true crime podcast where I talk about fascinating cases just like this one. I go more in depth with the case. So thanks a lot for joining me today. You might have found me on my TikTok where I've got some clips there of the show. If it led you to my YouTube, that's a good place to be. I've got full episodes of DV there, most popular ones. Plus my other show called Shield Kill where I pair a crypto and a crime together at the same time. If you've got an interest in all of that as I do, consider a sub. Consider the lobster for a time. Drowning Verdict is featured on Spotify. You can get it wherever you get your favorite pods out there in the podverse, that known universe where all that content swirls about. Well, I'm there to provide maybe a unique angle, a new idea on something, definitely a topic of convo to keep the conversation going on open and active cases just like this one. Really important cases. So if you've heard me before and it wasn't just a drive-by, you're turning the car around, dropping the clip, I really appreciate you coming back for more. Know that I try to get bigger and better for you each and every time to give you something that maybe the news feed is not talking about yet. I want to give that to you. Also, uh, I should say lastly, I have a Patreon that's new here. If you're into supporting the effort, you're one of those peeps. Thank you for checking that out. Link in the description. Appreciate you checking out the Patreon. New thing for the show. So today I'm talking about the Moscow Ripper case file. It's the third installment. Previous installments, I talked about the transition reaction and the 16 minutes. I felt this was all about a transition and the reaction that stemmed from that transition. So today here I am talking about that R word again, the rejection. Rejection of the past and of the present. We have evidence now, we have reports now of rejection of the past. We have an article, we have them talking about that, and we have other people that knew him in high school talking about that as well. Sounds like when he was in Pennsylvania, he went to a school with a bunch of mean girls, 
like every high school, and he was ridiculed there, and it was damaging to him. He was already a damaged person, but this was more so. He didn't need it, but he got it. And that transition was going from three bills to 185, from Pennsylvania to Washington, uh, the state of Washington, that 2,500 miles from getting his undergrad to pursuing the PhD and really trying to be his best self. But did he face rejection even at his best self? And was it just like what he had experienced in the past, or maybe it was worse? I've said that he had uh, 99% that he had met one of these victims in person, maybe at their party where people were coming and going at all hours, maybe at a restaurant, but I've always felt that he met with one of them in person and was shut down and was like, man, I can't even get it right when I'm my best self. And now I'm going to go from research into action. I'm not going to read about these killers in a book anymore. I'm going to take it into action and be the Moscow Ripper. I'm going to have that Netflix show. I'm going to have those books and people are going to talk about it. I'm going to have my 15 minutes and I take out my revenge for this rejection. So were these people, these victims, were they a symbol of what he experienced and that he never met any of them in person, let, a, let alone one person who I've always said for one girl, they were all killed. But did he not meet any of them and just focused on them through social media somehow and then just pick them to stalk and set up the time and date on his mission to kill the 16 minutes? We might find that out in court. They've kept a lot of things close to the vest. In fact, they've played dumb in this the entire way in order to trap this guy. And I thought that was brilliant. Play dumb with the people, with the media, act like you don't know what's going on. Let this guy expose himself a little bit more and let's trap him. So maybe they do have some, you know, ace in the hole, if you will. You know, they've got a card to play. Maybe they have a connection a physical connection to one of the victims that he did come across her and he did interact with her. And she did mention something to a family member or a friend. Maybe they have that as far as their evidence goes, but I've talked about evidence before. And I think it's really important to get one thing, right? I, I this just sticks out to me. Yeah. The DNA on the button snap is super important here. But I also think the shoe print is important as well. It's on the pathway of the killer. It's on the pathway where the other roommate says the killer walked right by and she was in shock. And I've said, well, he's on a mission to kill and you're not part of the plan. So you're going to be left unharmed. But there's a van shoe print there, a faint shoe print. And I wonder if they can trace that back to the accused to Brian Koberger. That would be really critical in my opinion because the defense here is really good. They're going to poke holes in the prosecution. Really good defense lawyer. So I see that coming, but can they physically get that shoe print and tie it back to him? Because I don't think they're going to get the knife here. And I don't think they're going to get a confession. I think this guy's going to get his 15 minutes and he's going to be part of those books and those movies. He's going to get his time. No longer being rejected. Now I'm in the spotlight. And I've already taken your lives because you made the mistake. It's your fault. So if it turns out that he is the Moscow Ripper, maybe, just maybe, they have some of those cards to play in court. 
So that's something for sure. Now, others out there are talking about incel. I've heard that. Dude's an incel. It's another incel incident. FBI profiler. I believe he's an incel. Maybe. I think that's a loose term. I think it's a broad general term. And if you look that up on the worldwide web of things, and you look it up, you're going to see the king of incels, and that would be Elliot Roger. His face would pop up. There's so much content on that guy. Dude that went ballistic a few years ago, a handful of years ago at a California college, basically went on a spree killing. King of the incels. Involuntary, involuntarily celibate. That's a hard thing to say, but that's what it means. But the definition, by definition, means that you can't get any girl. And I would say that a guy like Elliot Roger was just out of his league. He was far out of his league, but he thought he was in the major leagues. He thought he was at the top of the food chain, but he just didn't know where to fit in. It's not like he couldn't have dated or found a relationship. He was just looking in the wrong place, and that bothered him. And so, therefore, I thought it was about self-hate because when he first took action in that case, he knifed his roommates, and it was a brutal scene. He knifed them 60, 70 times. I believe it was three roommates at that time. He knifed them personally before he went on a spree killing with a gun. He didn't knife anybody else. He knifed them, and that's where he started. So it's self-hate. Incel is a broad term, and I don't think it can be applied to him fully or Koberger. When you look at Koberger, I think it's about self-hate. I think it's about that transition and the reaction that I'm no longer going to do the research here. I'm done with it. I'm my best self. I'm the most educated. I'm getting my PhD. And yet you people who don't even have an undergrad are judging me. Now's the time to be part of that book, that new chapter in Catherine Ramsland's book, maybe. think it has something to do with that. So incel is just a broad term. I don't think it applies. So I hear that, and it's just another buzzword out there. But when you look at the king of incels, and you plug that in to Google, you're going to see Elliot Roger. And even with him, it was about self-hate, in my opinion, my humble opinion. So the evidence here is a lot. But can they make that connection? One of the parents has said, yeah, I think there's a connection to the killer. I'm not going to say anything about it. Maybe they talk to the cops about it. Maybe they've done that groundwork. The case is sealed. They can't talk about it anymore. And maybe they have that. I think that would be really important. And of course, tying that shoe print back, can they find a pair of vans that the dude owned and match it up? It's a very faint shoe print, but it is on the path of the killer. It doesn't match anybody else inside the home. So I think that's uh, something to look out for because the defense here is very good. I think they're going to start with him being guilty and proving his innocence, poking holes in every aspect here, putting the cops on trial. And it might not be like OJ, but it's going to have some similarities there about everybody else did it but him. That's the way it rolls in the modern-day court. In the next case file, I am talking about the death penalty. I think the death penalty is going to be on the hook here. Uh, it's got, uh, for a case in Idaho, there's got to be um, 
it's got to fit into one of the stipulations. There are like 10 or 11 of them. Definitely one of them here fits into on a death penalty case. The parents want it. I think it's going to be on the hook. And that's going to be huge for Idaho. There's other cases there with death penalties coming. And it's just going to be very interesting. So I'm going to talk about that in the next case file and see if there could be a con uh, conviction here. I think that people think it might be an easy conviction. And I say, no, hold on a minute. This is going to take some time. And the prosecution is going to have to be really good here. Talking about that in the next case file. Thanks for joining me on this one. Um, talking about the rejection of the past and the present. We know about the past now. We know about the mean girls. There was probably a burn book with his name on it. But did he make that transition to be his best self, to drive that 2,500 miles west to pursue the Ph.D.? And did he just choose these victims as a symbol, not even meeting them and just saying, hey, my life here is still lonely. People aren't attracted to me and I can't get a girl to talk to me. And, and maybe he's thinking way out of his league. He thinks he's better than uh, really where he is. He's thinking too far ahead. And did he just attach himself to his victims and start a predatory nature towards them without ever meeting them, that they were just symbols of the rejection that he suffered in the past? I don't think so. I've said 99% that I believe that he came across one, and for one, they all died. I guess we'll find out. It's going to be a while. This Chip Mahoney, thank you for... Checking me out here on Drowning Verdict. I'll have more for you next time, but for now, I'm out. Good night.